Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today is episode 81. And um, we're delighted to welcome our sober sister and friend, Emily Cyphus, on the pod today. Um, Emily Cyphus is the pioneer behind Sober and Social, the new age of socializing that provides fun, support, and exciting alcohol free events for people living or exploring a teetotal lifestyle. With a background in events management and working in London nightlife scene, Emily's experienced firsthand what is to enjoy a night out. When alcohol started to have a negative impact on mental health and well-being, Emily embarked on a life of sobriety. She wants to show you you don't have to compromise on your social life without alcohol and encourage others to lead healthier and happier lives and um, yeah we're absolutely delighted to have Emily with us because she's such a good girl and she does so much for um, the sober community Mm. um, and really dive into her story and kind of um, yeah because we 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 hang out a lot and then but I don't think we've actually ever had the sober chat (laughs) we're just like oh hi blah 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 Um, so yeah um, we're going to start with a check-in so hi guys how you doing hey guys Hi. Um, how are you doing, Emily? Where are you? What are you? How's life? Um, I'm really good. I'm down near Brighton, so I'm down by the ocean, and it's lovely and sunny today. So feeling in a great mood. How are you guys? Uh, yeah, Kate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm quite near Emily, but inland a bit, so it's quite hot. Um, but it's half term, so it's kind of that that horrible, the evil that is the homeschooling thing yeah it's just not it's not around it's amazing how much lighter everything feels you know because of that Mm. um so that's good and things are starting to starting to you know feel like they're opening up a bit and I managed I managed to meet my neighbor for a socially distanced coffee in the park um and honest to god it was like I don't know, worth 10 years of therapy, you know, mm-hmm. just that chat with another human being. I felt like I was just like inhaling another human being. That's probably a bad... Um, yeah, you really shouldn't be doing that with <laughs> right now. I wasn't literally inhaling her. We're socially distancing. But, um, you know, I just, it was just brilliant. So actually, I'm, I'm feeling all right today, thanks. Wowza. So what about you, you man? <laughs> yeah. Have you got a headache and do you feel tired? Uh, you know what? I'm actually all right today as well. I don't know what's going on. Um, oh, no. <laughs> We, have we both just got our periods or something? I think that's probably it. I'm definitely oh, like no. feeling. We can just start off a butterfly effect, you know, when things <laughs> go wrong. Just, yeah, um, cross the beams. Um, no, I'm I'm okay. It's um, very nice and sunny here too. Um, I'm sleeping quite well at the moment, so that's good. I've just finished my own personal website, which Amazing. is. <laughs> It's been a huge labour of love, um, so I'm feeling quite proud of myself for that. So, um, yeah, so Emily, uh, we always start by kind of um, asking the question, uh, what brought you to the decision to go alcohol-free? Okay, here we go. I mean, it's quite the journey, so I, I won't, uh, we won't go for the full story, but um, 
I'll, I'll give you the debrief. So I went alcohol free because for many years, I was just in a very negative cycle with alcohol. Um, and to the point where it started to affect every area of my life, really, like it was affecting my work, it was affecting my friendships, it was affecting my relationships. And it was just, yeah, affecting my mental health in a way that I was becoming very depressed, very anxious, which I know um, we hear we hear a lot of. Um, and it was just getting to a point where it was just unmanageable. So after this kind of destructive cycle that I'd got myself in, I decided that I really could not go on like this any longer. And I just kind of thought, I even if I looked like the next kind of five years of my life, I thought I just can't carry on like this. And my life just kind of going downhill and if I was here now where would I be in a few years time so yeah getting to that point and just wanting to be healthier and happier and realizing that actually the common denominator in a how I was feeling about myself and b how I was feeling about my life um was was alcohol and that that needed to go um it's amazing and and just to contextualize I mean we said it in the bio but you I mean you work in the kind of entertainment, uh, PR sort of, yeah, industry, right? So it's like when people talk about like, oh gosh, you know, I can't possibly because, you know, I work in a really boozy job, like um, you're kind of the pinnacle of that. So, I mean, how did you approach, you know, stopping and, and what were your kind of biggest fears, I guess, at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I do see hear that quite a lot oh I couldn't possibly because I've got too many client meetings or we have to go out and entertain and all of these types of things within businesses um yeah so anyone that kind of doesn't know um sober and social is my side hustle and then my actual job is working in nightlife in uh, London so in the nightlife scene in London which as you can imagine is very full-on it involves going to uh, nightclubs and bars and private members clubs and essentially um, building really good relationships with them so we can look after our clients as I work for a concierge service um, and I've done that for three years now so it has been um, yeah very booze infested but as you can imagine if you're you've got nightlife in your job title of course it's going to be yeah. Um, and in some ways, like that kind of, because I absolutely love my job. Like I love going to new places. I love meeting new people. I love the whole kind of putting on events and, you know, getting out there a bit and seeing what's new and seeing what's happening. Um, in some ways, it got to the point where like my my hangovers were so bad and my depression was becoming so bad that I couldn't actually go and do all of those things that I loved doing. So although it was, you would think it would be a hindrance not drinking in a nightlife job. Actually, when you're drinking is so out of control, it means that your whole life is out of control. So every area isn't really working. So for me, actually, when I stopped drinking, I actually became better at my job because I was, you know, I was fully present. I was feeling more motivated, more focused, all of these things that we know when we give up alcohol. Um, everything improved and that did happen with my job role as well um and I kind of was still going out because I absolutely love going out I just decided I was going to still do all these things but I just wasn't going to drink alcohol mm. can I ask a question like just not not it is related it's just what is a concierge <laughs> industry? I, I, I don't know what that is so a concierge service is um someone that you would pay to help you 
do the things that you wouldn't have time to do. So you could go and get someone to book you a restaurant or a holiday or um, you wanted to sell your house and buy a new one or you wanted mm. to get a personal shopper because you didn't have time to go to the shops or um, mm. basically whatever you can imagine um, that you wouldn't maybe so have time for them. if you were, you know. So do you do those things so it's like a fun PA? It's like something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah exactly. Like a glorified yeah. fun PA except you're not necessarily yeah. looking after one person. You could be looking after... Yeah. I don't know, 50 people and then having to deal with, yeah, what what their needs are, basically. So people that are kind of um, time poor, cash rich is kind of the term that is used for that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, what is your sobriety date, Emily? When when did you stop? 6th of April, 2018. So yeah, yeah, just over two years. Because you just had your two years. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well done. And so sort of starting out, um, what resources and groups helped you at the beginning? So at the beginning, I went to therapy, which really did help me. And I do think if I hadn't have done that, I actually still wouldn't be sober. Um, I founded Sober and Social, which for me has been the biggest thing because that has been my community, my connection and my accountability, which as you all know, is kind of key in staying sober. I read lots of books. I listened to lots of podcasts. Um, I've always been into kind of my meditation, but I always felt when I was hungover, I couldn't actually meditate properly because I just couldn't really connect with myself. So I made sure that that was something that I did every day because, you know, it's amazing what 10 minutes of just kind of sitting with yourself can do. And having that focus in the morning, actually, and putting myself in a good headspace has been really invaluable in, in keeping sober. Um, and exercise, um, I always say this and I'm sure lots of people do, but yeah, for me, that was probably the number one thing as to therapy and exercise for me was the, yeah, top two, no, top one. That makes sense, doesn't it? Top yeah. one joint joint things of what I did to, to stay sober, get the endorphins running, basically. Mm. And yeah, how is it for you, um, you know, in your job, do you face a lot of questioning? Do pe- how do people react? In like as you say in those kind of booze soaked environments how how is it taken really how do you deal with it do you know what I think that I've been really lucky but I also think it's because I feel like I have been quite confident in my sobriety and I know that it just makes me a better person and others around me have a better experience when I'm not drinking so I think by just being really confident and unashamedly sober has how I've kind of dealt with those situations and also what I what it has allowed me to do is to make sure that I'm having the right conversations with you know owners of nightclubs or um, bar managers and see what non-alcoholic offerings they do have to make sure that everyone is getting you know treated equally on a night out and that wherever you are on kind of your drinking journey or sober journey that you know you will have something to drink when you go out in London that isn't a soft drink that is a cocktail that is on par with an alcoholic drink so in some ways I've kind of I've approached it that way rather than oh I can't be included or I can't um go out or I can't do my job as well or people are going to judge me I've kind of gone from it from that angle that I really kind of want to make an impression and make this more normalized when people are going out yeah, I love that. And I think that's what people don't kind of realise 
you know, when they look at your Instagram or what you're doing, it's kind of all the back work that you do of like getting in with venues and actually having conversations and, you know, sort of promoting those that really do support sober you know people and 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 those kind of those drinks brands and stuff like that you know because people tend to have little I don't know hesitance about this kind of alcohol-free drinks Mm. side of things you know um Mm. I, I know I had a couple of conversations with people when we did um some sponsored podcast episodes at the back of end end of last year but it was like don't you realize like how important this this is not just for sober people but for everyone that doesn't Mm. want to drink or just really changing that landscape not just for our own you know personal situation but for the kind of yeah the great the better good of everyone because it has an impact on everyone if if Mm. people are not getting absolutely hammered in bars or people can make choices regardless of whether they're you know you you just reminded me of something Emily as well because um I generally find you know having kids we've sort of can boss our own environment kind of thing and you know have more alcohol free alternatives and da, 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 da. and then the local kind of pubs and and stuff like that um you know you can generally get your you know beck's blue and and stuff like that 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 I feel kind of fine with but um at the end of last year as well I went to uh the coaching academy awards and I, I was actually a finalist in um in one of these categories and it was like an uncharacteristically really swanky affair at a top London hotel in the roof gardens and it was like it was gorgeous and I was massively out of comfort zone (laughs) because I was like Mm -hmm. oh no do I have to take my wellies off um (laughs) I basically you know even that and it was a coaching event where you would think that people would be you know aware I was basically uh, my choice was was coke and orange juice and water Mm -hmm. and that was like a really swanky black tie affair and I was like what like I was really shocked you know because because I'm in my little bubble so you know and it actually made me feel really sad like I actually did feel a bit boo that I wasn't able to sort of feel grown up in that environment I was made to feel like a kid basically yeah I feel like exactly the same like when I go to places and they don't have those good non-alcoholic offerings like I actually did go to something recently um it was an engagement party and you know ironically the alcohol drinks were or the alcoholic drinks were included in kind of the price um but if you wanted a non-alcoholic, I mean, there was, don't get me wrong, there was orange juice and there was a Coca-Cola that was included. But if you wanted a non-alcoholic beer, then you had to, you had to like pay yeah. for that. And I was like, that's so ironic that like included in this tab is like, you know, a double vodka and Coke. But I just really want to have something that looks like quite similar to what other people are drinking. And more so mm. than that, like if I drink too much Coca-Cola, actually, well, it's too sugary for me now. And the same with, 
you know, orange juices. They don't make me feel that great. Um, but equally, they do just not make me feel part of it. And I think that is so important on a night out to feel like you are part of the celebrations and that it shouldn't matter whether you're drinking or you're not drinking. Um, and, you know, those drinks are just really boring. And I do think people do need to be more mindful that, you know, there is a really growing up and coming market of people that don't want to drink alcohol and they might not necessarily be sober all the time, but they just don't want to drink that night. And I do think, yeah, those big award ceremonies, especially, and ironically, it's a coaching one. So it should, it should have been more mindful. They should have thought about it. Um, but yeah, no, I totally get that feeling. I def, I still feel like that as well on a night out when it's not catered for. Yeah, so true. Yeah, I have to say in the, in the coaching academy's defense, we've had some amazing meetings with them about about recovery coaching and addiction so there's movement there isn't well, there well isn't that interesting because that night I did meet Bev and what um she um Bev James who's the CEO and she um and again isn't this it's funny isn't it like you were saying you kind of are able to have those right conversations and I got introduced to Bev and then we started talking about rec- um, doing some recovery coach pr- programs because she was actually, she's actually really shit hot on it and she's really aware of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely, man. As you said, I, um, you know, they are, they're amazing. It was just that catering thing. Yeah, it was not the catering that, thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And um, so what, what's the most positive thing or the thing that you've, you found the most kind of area of personal growth since you stopped drinking? Um, I think the most improved area of my life is definitely my relationship area and and that's in two senses a the relationship with myself which I think that you know you'd obviously expect but I did it I did realize that I was I was just full of like you know I wasn't very confident in who I was I didn't feel like I kind of was being the best version of myself. I, I I felt very out of alignment is the only way that I can describe it when I was drinking. I didn't feel like I was acting how I was meant to act. I never felt like I was putting my best foot forward. I would always be filled with like regrets. So I feel like the biggest relationship that has, you know, been noticeable is the one with myself because I do feel really confident now and I do feel like I'm like my most loving, kindest kind of person and all the emotions that I feel are mine, whereas before I didn't Mm. really know whose they were. Um, And definitely, yeah, relationships with my friends and my family. Like I turn up on time and I'm more present and I can be there and I notice when people maybe aren't feeling okay and I can just be more empathetic with people and and all of these things that when you're drinking it's just very much about you and just kind of like surviving not thriving basically yeah totally yeah yeah I totally resonate with that um and so you mentioned meditation um what else is in your kind of sober toolkit so my Daily routine is, this sounds great and, and it is great, but it, it's definitely more um, every day now we're in lockdown, but out of lockdown, I will try and do at least three of these things. But for the last few weeks, I have, every time I wake up, I do a 10 minute meditation on calm. I then do my 
gratitude and affirmation lists. I then read a chapter of my book. I then do 20 minutes yoga and a 20 minute run. And it has honestly just changed the game on how I feel about my life and how I feel when I wake up in the morning. And I think, and this is no kind of like surprise, I have probably felt the most triggered in my sobriety um, over lockdown out of this two-year period Um, and so actually having that every morning to keep me grounded and to keep my mind in a healthy place I think yeah has just really been very important for me at this moment in time. What do you think the trigger sorry I was just gonna like what do you think the trigger is why do you think you found this period particularly more difficult? I think I've just had to sit with myself a lot more Mm. and I think life in every area has been very up and down I don't think there's that like stability you know like at least you know in you know we'll say the normal world because this obviously is not that normal um what what are they calling it now um a a c is after corona and (laughs) b c is before corona (laughs) just in case you want to know the new lingo guys so um (laughs) thanks for that (laughs) youngin so b c um you know, having to go to an office every morning and have a routine and sit there and go to meetings and talk to people and have, you know, that to go to and then to go back to my flat and see my friends like in person, like all of those mini things that you kind of, I think, take for granted. But in this situation, I'm obviously not going to the office. Um, I'm furloughed and I'm living back at home and I haven't seen my friends and all of these things that kind of keep you sane essentially aren't there anymore so I think those kind of self-care practices we've we've done all of this for a reason haven't we like since we've gone sober and the reason is when you're in challenging situations that is when they really come into play and that's when they really matter and I've really kind of felt that the past few weeks yeah yeah one yeah, totally. And, I, and you, interesting you say about your morning routine and that has been my key sort of practice, self-care practice, if you like. Has, and, and, and I am astonished at the difference when I manage to go to bed on time, get up before anybody else does, do my 10-minute meditation and my bit of yoga and my bit of journaling, have a cup of tea. And it's like I don't I don't I don't get out for the run because then the kids are you know surfacing or whatever. But that has is massive, and I think you're right. Just when the little structures around us have fallen away, we have to create our own structures. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. And so I that one hundred percent resonate. And and if anybody's listening in and hasn't got you know is, is feeling like that kind of wobbliness really that daily routine having having a think about that um is sounds really obvious and then you need to do it you know yeah, yeah it's made the world of difference 100% I just yeah. I just don't think I would be feeling like as positive and as happy as as I am now if I hadn't have done that over over the past few weeks and I did do that in you know uh, normal life before not as intense as that but it's definitely made me realize that time in the morning for yourself or whenever you can fit it in during the day is what you need to keep yourself in a good mindset yeah yeah and um so 
you've been doing some podcasting yourself. Um, so do you want to tell listeners a little bit about Sober Sips and what other plans and projects you've got coming up and what does Sober and Social do essentially for, you know, on a, a regular basis? So Sober and Social on a regular basis is uh, monthly events to help cultivate and create a sober community. Um, obviously, I haven't been able to do the in-person events, so they have all moved online. So every Thursday at 7pm, I do a Thirsty Thursdays, which is a community kind of connect where people can come and check in um, have that weekly accountability, talk about how their week's been. Um, we have different strands of conversation, which is all, which is always quite random. But, um, you know, the main topic isn't sobriety, but I just wanted to provide a space where people could come and meet sober friends and have that, you know, real community feeling every Thursday. Thursday for anyone that might be struggling during this time um I have been doing lots of kind of exercise classes as I said exercise has been key for me so we've done a few hit classes we've done a few yoga classes um I love going out so I've bought going out coming in and done a few DJ nights I haven't been DJing by the way just to confirm but um <laughs> I don't do that on the side as well um and getting my friend uh DJ Anna Her, who is a sober DJ to come and do some great sober evenings on my Instagram so that's kind of the event side that I've been doing and then yeah I decided to launch Sober Sips and the aim was to kind of talk to um, some influential and inspirational people about their drinking journeys and I didn't necessarily want it to be everyone that was 100% sober I really wanted to explore kind of people's path to being more mindful about their drinking or living a sober lifestyle and hearing some different perspectives to kind of yeah help encourage people to kind of do the same um and I'd always wanted to do a podcast I, I was only originally going to do uh, six episodes for the first series just whilst we were in lockdown to see how it went um and it's got it's gone really well which has been really great and hopefully we will you know start to do it properly in series two so yeah that can be found on apple Podcasts or spotify if anyone wants to listen um and yeah and then we've got we've got a few other projects coming up i'm looking at doing something with morning gloryville actually in july um i've got a few kind of workshops things coming up in July which I'll be releasing um soon and yeah just keeping it turning over and keeping people connected as much as possible yeah well done it's amazing yeah brilliant it really is so um if you had one tip of the day for people what would it be um my one tip would just be What's well, more of a saying, really, but I think just forward is forward. And I have found this so helpful, especially on my down days when some days I just haven't really wanted to get out of bed. But actually just getting out of bed and having a shower is a step forward and to not just, you know, have these really high expectations on ourselves all the time that we are in, you know, we're in a difficult time and you don't always have to be 100% like, productive and you don't always have to be a hundred percent wanting to connect with your friends or a hundred percent you know wanting to do all of these things that we feel that we should do like sometimes it's just 
okay to get up and go for a walk or have a shower or just do something really simple instead of putting all of this pressure on us all the time that I think that I think we all do as human beings and I found just that kind of like notion of doing something a little bit is better than not doing anything at all. Oh, I love it. I love that. I really love it. Do you know, you just reminded me on the sober sessions uh, last Saturday, we were talking to Polly Dukes and um, Rachel Welford. Mm. And Rachel gave a really good tip because she struggles with depression. And she has got a list, like one of her tips for people, like a mental health hack, was to, she's got like, it's almost like um, a list, uh, an action plan for really bad days. And she has it stuck on a wall by her bed. And it just says, get up, make bed, wash face, brush teeth, have shower, brush Mm -hmm. teeth. And something really simple, because she says sometimes when she's that low, she can't access that part of her brain mm-hmm. so she got it and she's just got it behind her so that she just goes oh and she just has to follow it and I was like you know what that is so brilliant you know because I'm yeah, sure I love a lot that. of people especially with like this weird lockdown this weird like you were saying you know with the routines it's almost like we need to put that I said it's like putting that bit of your brain like that you know the frontal cortex that makes all the good decisions right no one it's can like see you Kate <laughs> I know you're doing <laughs> some sort of like I know I'm, I'm patting the top of my <laughs> yeah. head right no one front. can see you dude <laughs> and then I'm like looking over to the wall and I'm like gesticulating at the wall and you just put your brain on the wall of those instructions that you would be normally thinking to yourself and I was like that's genius yeah because so, it's very that, good it's that thing of like you know because we were talking about you know when you have extreme sort of triggers and you're like oh my you know everything just goes on that kind of fight fight freeze kind of trauma response of like I can't cope and you know I don't I feel like I'm losing control basically like the kind of craving is is overtaking my capacity to make thoughts and and as a way of kind of interrupting that loop um you know that craving loop to have a lit an actual list where you'd be like you know this is my reason why um this is what I'm gonna do you know call this person you know drink this have a glass of water that thing to actually help you because it's true when you're in that kind of heightened state whatever it is of anxiety or depression or where your brain feels offline um yeah that's you, mm-hmm. when you need you know someone or something to kind of to help you back it's like your own intervention isn't it it's practicing your own kind Mm -hmm. of yeah 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 definitely it is um yeah it's funny isn't it your little little brain in these kind of weird like and and this is so unprecedented like obviously no one could ever predict it but it's crazy like the kind of I just feel like I've been on a bit of an emotional roller coaster is the only way to kind of describe it and actually at this time more than ever I am so grateful for my sobriety because at least if everything else is just very up in the air like my sobriety is actually my anchor during this time and my sobriety is my stability during this time and you know that's the one thing I can count on every morning I'm going to wake up and fit and be sober and be able to deal with everything in the best way that I possibly can because I am properly myself 
Yeah, I totally get that. I love it. I And we talk about that, don't we, man? Do you know that whole thing about sobriety being an our, our anchor? And it's like, it is that first bit, it's that, that stick in the sand, which is like, okay, I've got, I've got something like mm-hmm. I've got something <laughs> to hold on to. And I, I like, I, you know, when people just, you know, you people who kind of still drinking or, you know, never embarked on this kind of sober journey, you hear often when crisis things happen, they go, God, how on earth, how are you managing now? Mm. And you're, and we're like, thank God we've got it now, <laughs> you know? hundred yeah, percent. True. Yeah, so true. Okay, so uh, we're nearly out of time because I know Kate's got to run, so it's a slightly short today. But um, what's your reason to love sober? I mean, you just gave some brilliant ones, but do you have one where you're just like, yeah? Something um, that I'm just totally my best self Mm. which I know is really cheesy but as I as I said I just feel so grateful that like whatever I am today is because of exactly where I'm meant to be and not because of like a substance or a poison that I've put in my body that like dictates my mind and my body to be you know away from where it should actually be so I'm just very Mm. grateful for my I suppose essentially my my sanity every day when I wake up yeah oh yeah I love that yeah same what's your reason to love sober today Kate my reason to love sober today well I think when when Emily said that I literally instinctively just put my hands on my heart and I bowed my head and I felt a bit emotional and I'm like 100% I I think for you know we talk about core values and I know we know sort of you know the sort of rebellion is 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 plays a big part for you man's and I was always a good girl and so to be my best is is something that is a core value for me it's like I I didn't and I and to be non you know I feel a huge disconnect when I when I drank I used to disconnect and it left me in such a dark place and in such a shame in such a shame spiral I literally thank god that I don't disconnect like that anymore. And I'm so super grateful for that. Like it's making me want to hold on to myself right now when I'm even thinking about it. So, yeah. What about you, Mand? Um, Yeah, no, I was just thinking about that. um, The kind of, you know, that sobriety is an anchor. And we were talking the other day because we both, both of us have had quite some emotional times in the last couple of weeks. Like really, really like, you know, last, last weekend was, a roller coaster for oh, me, and no. I know the weekend before was a really, you know, roller coaster for you. And it's oh, like, I had a panic attack in little car park. Yeah, which was awful. I mean, you were in a really, really yeah. bad I way. Was. I was, I hadn't been like that for years. That's um, true. And and you know, we often say to each other, don't we? It's like watch watch the storm blow in and watch it blow out again. And then I was thinking, huh, it's like that goes with the anchor, you know, because it's yeah, it's like mm. the sobriety is the anchor that keeps the boat stable when you watch the storm blow in and blow out again so I was like oh that's a nice you know it is also Mandy can you um say the piece of advice that you told me the other day which I've been loving which I have found so helpful about the uh ebb and flow your favorite (sighs) one please repeat (gasps) it for everyone listening (laughs) oh I'm all embarrassed now um 
yeah, you it's... can just attribute it to me because I was the one who started talking about ebbs and flows first. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about someone stealing your thunder. It's just I incredible. Know, I mean, like, I feel like this might be a joint effort. Yeah, she's like clambering yeah. over. Yes, it's a joint effort. Yeah. I'd never heard that man crystallize it. phrase. No, you did. It's brilliant. It's so good. You have to tell everyone. Yeah. Go on. Um, oh, I don't want to now. Um, Go on. You need to. Uh, you need to respect the ebb to boss the flow. Ah, there you go. Oh, it's Boom. just so good. It's it's helped me so much. Thank you for that little nugget in my life. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, um, and it's true. You know, it's like we 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 think we need to be on high, like impact, high sort of, you know, uh, productivity. productivity at all times. And it's like mm-hmm. when you take those moments and you step back and you take a break, that's when you're you get the great ideas and that's when you can like then leap forward because you just need to kind of respect that that time so yeah expect the air expect the air to boss the flow yeah yeah but it isn't it's that kind of you know like we're sort of saying in nature you have fallow you let the fields lie fallow because they need to regenerate and there's so much kind of wisdom in those sort of natural metaphors, aren't there, about ebb and flow of the tide and the fallow periods and the, and winter is really introspective, you know, and there's all that, those cycles within us that, that need to be heard and listened to, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and that helps loads to sort of, because we feel bad, we feel bad when we're not, you know, and as a woman, you know, we have periods where we've got high estrogen levels and high progesterone levels and that has an impact on and how up we are and how much we're kind of ready to kind of get out there and change the world or there's times where we need to just cocoon a bit um unfortunately we live in a patriarchy so don't start that patriarchy for the love of god don't get us started emily okay we'll quickly go back to the cocoon i'm going to put my myself in a cocoon for a few weeks and come out as a butterfly soon amazing you're going to be an an emily pillar my mandy pillar yeah um i like my mandy pillar sometimes she she needs to go in and be a chrysalis come out a butterfly yes you're having a couple of weeks you are a caterpillar (laughs) you win Um, well we wish you a nice rest and we look forward to you emerging from as a butterfly yeah thanks guys so the you know all the great work that you do getting out there and doing it all and it is inspiring and brave and we just think you're awesome so thanks Emily. well I think you're awesome and I can't wait for you to come to an in real life event so we can all party together oh I'd love to Yes, indeed. Thank you. Okay, so if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, please do reach out. You can send up a flare to us, info at lovesober.com. So Baristas has an anonymous Ask the Doctor service. She recovers. Um, You can find us on the Sober Sessions Facebook group as well. Um, Obviously, Emily has her... What day? The Thursday. Where can they find you on the Thursday, I Thursday, Thursdays. If you come to my Instagram, at sober and social underscore, and go to the bio, you'll be able to sign up for them. 
Okay, so we'll link those as well. So if you fancy doing something like that on a Thursday and having some fun there. Um, and in the meantime, we'll, we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, take care and stay safe.